I'm Kelly Kleiman. And I'm Jonathan Abarbanel. And we're the Dueling Critics. Welcome to our podcast of reviews and news about Chicago theater. And today we're talking about death tax at Looking Glass Theater through October 12th, and also about Isaac's Eye at Writers Theater in Glencoe through December 7th. Both these plays are written by Lucas Nath. In the last four or five years, Florida-born Lucas Nath has become the hot-button young American playwright. He's not yet 34 years old, and he has held down a residency at the Royal Court Theater in London, a residency at New Dramatists in New York, and commissions from the Humana Festival at the Actors Theater of Louisville. Chicago has missed his plays, and now, as if to make up for it, we have productions of two of his plays at the same time. In fact, they opened back to back. Even more than that, Death Tax and Isaac's Eye were written within a year's space. It's inevitable to look for common threads when you're confronted with two plays in this fashion, but all I found between them is a tendency to use kind of metafictional devices in which someone is commenting on the fact that it's a play when they don't really contribute very much to the proceedings, and a sense that all relationships are manipulative. In Isaac's Eye, Nath imagines an encounter between a young Isaac Newton and the older and more respected scientist Robert Hooke. We know, of course, that Newton will be remembered much better than Hooke, so Nath's message seems to be, all glory is fleeting. In Death Tax, an elderly woman bribes a nursing aide to keep her alive until the new year to deprive her daughter of a portion of her fortune. The theme here seems to be, all life and love is fleeting. I feel like I knew both of those things before I saw either play and didn't know them much better after I saw both plays. Well, Kelly, what do the great critics and scholars tell us? There are only seven plots in all of literature. We all know these things, and it is how a play, an opera, a dance, a work of art of any kind uh, packages them and makes us recognize them. Now, you said that all you found that was similar about these plays were the metatheatrical devices of the staging and the fact that all people are manipulative. Well, isn't that enough? Those are very substantial things. To they would be enough if these were very substantial plays. No. I'm not suggesting that the themes are inadequate. They are not laid out in a compelling way, at least for me. I found one of the plays far more compelling than the other. The play that was written second, which is Isaac's Eye, both of these plays use a character who serves as narrator, breaks the fourth wall and addresses the audience directly. That character in both plays numbers the scenes. There are five scenes in this play, scene one. And to what purpose? It's part of the technique to make them entertaining, to interest the audience. Isaac's Eye is a more complex play as a piece of stagecraft because it simply has more action and it has a brilliant coup de théâtre involving Isaac's eye and something that Newton actually did, an experiment he did. I won't spoil it by describing it. But it's also important to point out that Isaac's eye, despite the fact that it's supposed to be taking place in 1668, is not at all an historical play. The diction, the words they speak, are entirely modern. The four characters dress in modern dress costumes, and certainly their attitudes are 
very, very much modern. And it's not a play about science at all. It is a play about ambition and what you are able to sacrifice to gain the world's recognition. There's no question that that, too, is a valid, if well-worn, theme. But except for an absolutely stunning performance by LaShawn Banks as the narrator, who seems to be having the best time of anybody on the stage and bringing us along with him on the best time, the rest of the play just lies there. Because we know that Newton will be remembered, the tricks that Newton and Hook play on one another don't have much weight because we know how it all comes out. Likewise, the woman in the play, who engages in relationships with both men, seems kind of trivial and irrelevant. It seems to be something about the impossibility of knowing the past or the truth but I simply didn't find any of it the slightest bit engaging. These people are not real people. They are mechanisms, and it's clear that the playwright wants them to be mechanisms. That's why he has them say, oh, this is scene two. But now that I know that they're mechanisms, I don't understand why I should give a damn. Okay, both, I agree with you on that point. Both of these plays are somewhat tract-like statements of ideas, but for me, Isaac's eye is much less so. I found it diverting in many, many ways. I found it intellectually interesting more than I did Death Tax. It was interesting f to me to see two great figures of science and find that they were both totally lacking in any human compassion or grace. Isaac Newton is both dishonest and untruthful, whereas Hook who emerges as the hero, he is dishonest, but he's truthful. At least he is truthful and insists on good science. Very, very much a modern take on manipulation. The woman in the play, who is Isaac Newton's would-be wife, says, I want a child. I want something I made to live on. And Newton says he does too. He wants his work to live on. And he says, I want to get into God's brain. And he is literally willing to sacrifice his humanity in order to achieve in the scientific sphere. That is a portrait in which I am not interested. And I'm doubly not interested because it is cast against a very stereotyped portrayal of a woman as somebody who wants a child. Unlike you, I found death tax more engaging than Isaac's eye, partly because the elderly woman at its center is played by Deanna Dunnigan, who's just about cornered the market on old bitches after her performances <laughs> in August Osage County. But it turns out that the story is actually about the nursing aide and that woman's relationship with her boss, with the old woman, with the old woman's daughter, and it is a fine family drama encased in this pointless metafictional wrapping. And it goes completely off the rails in the final scene, which is mysteriously enough set in the future. This is a playwright who has a lot of things to say that would be extremely well said in essays, but are not particularly suited to stagecraft, mm. no matter how much he tries to pretend that they are. I agree with you that the nurse and the subplot that revolves around her is tremendously important. And the great weakness of this play is that that subplot is dropped in the middle, ignored, never completed. You never find out. He is constructed, Lucas Nathan, has constructed a character in whom the audience is interested, and then he does away with that character. That the, is correct. The deal is that the woman at the center, the old woman, who spends, in the course of 20 years, 
all of her considerable money to keep herself alive through the latest expense of medical science when she might have been helping out her adult daughter and small grandson who need financial assistance. The point is that that woman is as lacking in any kind of compassion or human qualities as Isaac Newton or Robert Hooke are in Isaac's eye. And that is the link, the continuity, the thematic tie between these two plays, as well as the ties in the use of stagecraft, which is why I say they were companion pieces. J. Nicole Brooks, as the nurse's aide, Tina, is wonderful, and she invites us into her character. As you say, it's very disappointing when her plot, or subplot as the case may be, is dropped for no reason at all and we never hear of anything again. In any case, I'm sure that both of these productions, Death Tax, directed by Heidi Stillman, and Isaac's Eye, directed by Michael Halberstam, are the best possible productions of these plays, but I must admit that I do not share what is apparently a widely spread enthusiasm for this young playwright. Death Tax continues at the Looking Glass Theater at Water Tower Place Pumping Station through October 12th. Isaac's Eye continues at the Tiny Writers Theater Books on Vernon Space through December 7th. Jonathan, I understand you have some news for us. We need to acknowledge the passing last Sunday of Sheldon Patinkin at the age of 79. Theater cognoscenti in Chicago will know who he is. Others may not. Sheldon Patinkin never wrote a famous play. He never starred in anything himself. He wasn't famous as a stand-up comic. He never directed something that became a huge hit, though he did direct on Broadway. What he was was the Earth Father of Chicago theater over half a century. He was an early member of the Second City Company, not as a performer, but as a director, as an editor. He was one of those people who knew how to nourish. He knew how to nourish a writer, an actor, a comedian. He knew how to nurture a company, trying to make an ensemble of itself. And Patinkin helped make the Second City into an ensemble. As a consultant and advisor, he helped Steppenwolf function as an ensemble, and he also helped the Gift Theater function as an ensemble. He was chair of the theater department at Columbia College for many, many years, retired from that position four or five years ago, but continued to be active as a teacher and a director, and was in the middle of rehearsals for a show at Columbia College when he died at 79. The great mentor, Sheldon Patinkin, dead. There would be no Chicago theater without Sheldon Patinkin. The Dueling Critics Podcast is a production of Miracle Podcasts. You can subscribe to our podcast in iTunes or go to duelingcritics.net and click subscribe by email to have us delivered to your mailbox hot and fresh every Friday morning. You can also listen to our back catalog in SoundCloud. Follow us on Twitter at Dueling Critters and like us on Facebook. Most important, you can hear us every second Sunday on 90.9 FM WDCB, where we are regular contributors to the arts section hosted by Gary Zydek. I'm Kelly Kleiman. And you could read Kelly's work at HuffingtonPost.com and at ChicagoNow.com slash The Nonprofiteer. I'm Jonathan Abarbanel. And you can read Jonathan at WindyCityTimes.com, TheaterMania.com, and Footlights.com. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.